everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Not even Keith Frank could get me to dance this morning. Damn you, Major League Baseball. Damn you. We thought there was a hopeful tone on this show yesterday. If you tuned in, glad if you did. Glad you're tuning in now on your morning commute to work and school. Bob Nightingale from the USA Today, our, our very positive friend who covers Major League Baseball, said, hey, expects to get a deal done today. It's a hopeful tone. That's how we left you yesterday. With joy, positivity. Well, not so much. As Major League Baseball opted for, no, 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 no. Let's not do that. Let's instead... You know, make our fans crawl on their knees to ask for us, to ask for us to give them the game. No, they decided not to do that. They just decided that they couldn't come to an agreement yet again and have now canceled even more games. Yay! Thanks, Rob Manford. Thanks, Major League Baseball owners. Yay! I've said it again, I'll say it again, I've said it many times. No league hates their fans more than Major League Baseball. Shout out to you, MLB. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined here in the studios by the producer extraordinaire, the fiance extraordinaire, she adapts and overcomes. If that means that she has to crawl through barbed wire to get the job done, that's what she's going to do. That's why this show is so good. Good morning to head of five names. Good morning. I was trying to. I don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to do what? <laughs> I was. What? What are you trying to do? So I guess uh, the producer extraordinaire in the afternoon, Mr. James Mesh, did not go and uh, make sure that the right mics were on when he left yesterday. So I took care of that. I took care of it. I was uh, trying to do some sneaky stuff, and then <laughs> I took care of it. You ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I ruined it. Not at all. We do have a great show for you. Even though Major League Baseball is trying to ruin your life, we're going to try to make it. A better place. We're going to try to bring some positivity, some fun, some shenanigans, and maybe educate you along the way. That's what we love to do here on RP3 and Company. 
We've got a good show lined up for you. John Mark Case will join us, the award-winning columnist from the Town Talk and the TownTalk.com. The latest on the LSU football situation and just how they can't, you know, get past it. The latest involves Frank Wilson. We'll dive into that coming up in a half an hour from right now with John. At 8 o'clock, Les East will join us from CrescentCitySports.com. The Pelicans, there was so much hope, so much hope, that Brandon Ingram gets hurt, and you know what happens? Loss, loss. We'll get Les's thoughts on the Pelicans, as well as his thoughts on the Saints not franchising, tagging. That's not right. Not franchising, tagging. No, that's not Not applying the franchise tag, rather, on Marcus Williams and Teron Armstead, and what are they going to do at quarterback? So we're going to talk Saints and Pels with Les at 8 o'clock. And then 8.30 today, our friend Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South. He loves covering the college hoops. Well, SEC tournament started yesterday. We're going to get a preview of that as well. We do have a poll question of the day for you. It's already up. The LSU men's basketball team begins SEC tournament play this afternoon. You're going to be able to listen to that game live right here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 1.30 is scheduled tip. And when I say scheduled tip, could be a few minutes after that based on how long the game in front of them runs. But the Tigers are going to take on the Tigers. Missouri defeated Ole Miss yesterday in the opening round of the tournament there in Tampa. That means LSU gets to face Missouri for the second time in as many weeks. And remember, they easily, easily took care of Mizzou. So that leads us to our poll question of the day. How far will LSU advance in the tournament? Will they get to the quarterfinals, which would be tomorrow, where they'd likely face Arkansas? Would they get to the semifinals? on Saturday, or the title game on Sunday. Right now, 100% of the vote is for the quarterfinals. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids, okay? Let's not, let's not, get, let's not get sideways with the comments. So what happened with Major League Baseball? Well, they decided to cancel another week of games until at least April 14th. That date is significant for a few reasons. One, well, it's just another week of games that are now wiped off the slate. The season was supposed to start at the end of this month. Now we're talking two weeks worth of games, including opening day, is now gone. And that also means that the owners have decided that the also are not going to be making up said games. Remember, there was a hopeful tone just yesterday because the discussions went so well on Tuesday night that it carried over to Wednesday and they were supposed to have more uh, more great discussions. But reports came out that, in fact, that did not happen. That all that positivity, all that goodwill from the night before did not carry over. People uh, woke up. Maybe they didn't have a protein shake or a delicious bagel or something. Maybe they didn't have a banana because apparently they all woke up hungry, 
angry and got cranky with each other. Bob Ninegale, who we had on the show yesterday, was on top of this. Just after Major League Baseball announced the cancellation of a second week of games, Major League Baseball and the Union plan to stay in communication, just not in person. Well, okay. That's a positive sign. Mm, Not really. But they're going to stay in communication to determine whether they can resolve their differences on the international draft. That's your sticking point. That's what Bob told us yesterday. Base salaries, they're on the same page about. Luxury tax, on the same page about. All the other issues that they were squabbling over, they have met in the middle. They have compromised. They have compromised. What they're not compromising on is the international draft. They're dug in. They're dug in, and there's not a lot to do. And Bob himself was a little stunned. He tweeted out last night, who would have ever thought that after all this time, 98 days, when the two sides finally were close on core economic issues, particularly on the luxury tax and minimum salary, it would be the international draft that caused the talks to collapse. The cancellation also means that this could wipe out all of the spring training games that were originally scheduled in Arizona and Florida. Major League Baseball likely will schedule some spring training games whenever the lockout ends, but this is a massive blow to the fans and, more importantly, to the economy of those two states because spring training brings in a ton of revenue for those communities and for those states. And Bob says the negotiations are going to get even uglier now. Expect this to be even uglier now. Because Major League Baseball says those games are not going to be made up and the players will not be paid for games missed. So now we're going down a road that we do not want to be on. Because the owners are like, we're canceling games and you're not going to get paid for them and we're not making them up. So now it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. The union also said last night that it was promised a counterproposal by Major League Baseball. They say it never came. So, the union says that the owners and Rob Manford promised a counterproposal. That counterproposal never came, and the league instead decided to cancel another week's worth of games. Yeah, this is not going to get done now for a while. I just don't think, I I just, you got this close and then nothing happens. And here's the other big thing. It's going to be the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. 75th anniversary. You know when that date is? April 15th. April 15th is supposed to be Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball. 
we don't have games through April 14th. Now, the miraculous thing that would happen, and I even brought this up to Bob yesterday in our discussion, was could they simply have opening day be Jackie Robinson Day? You honor Jackie Robinson. Everyone can wear 42. You come out there. You have it. It's great. It's opening day. It also just so happens to be Jackie Robinson Day. And Bob was like, well, no, they'll, they'll get the job. You know, I expect them to get a deal done. <clears throat> and they'll have games before then. Well, now we're to the point where games are now canceled. And the two sides are now dug in even more so. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball is going to mess around and not celebrate the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Score! Awesome! Let's continue to anger and instill apathy in our fan base. Awesome. Like, that's one of the few things they get right. It's a it's a monumental moment in not only sport not only in baseball history but in sports history. And you've made it a big deal where you have all the guys wear 42 and you have the day and you spray paint Jackie's number on the fields of all the ballparks that are playing that day. It's a big deal, right? Lots of coverage. Fans come out, you have day games, the whole 9 yards. Major League Baseball is like, "Nah, we good." We good. Let's squabble over international draft and not have Major League Baseball now. If you see, I let myself get tricked by Bob in his optimism. I love Bob Nightingale because he's a heck of a reporter and he's very optimistic. But as Foot and I discussed yesterday morning, Bob's far more optimistic than we are. Sure enough, what happened? No deal. No baseball. And games canceled through the 14th of April. Jackie Robinson's day is the 15th. You know what baseball is going to try to do? If they can come to sides, you know what they're going to try to do? They're going to try to somehow finagle it where they'll just celebrate Jackie Robinson on another day. <laughs> Even five names who doesn't know that much about baseball has given me the look of what? And yeah, that's what they'll do. Oh well, you know we uh, we got we got honor Jackie uh, uh, this other day. Um, I'll do that. Um, yeah, instead. Yeah, seventy fifth anniversary. April 15th, opening day of 1947, was Jackie's first season in the big leagues. Broke the color barrier. But nah, we good. We don't need that either. Don't need opening day. Don't need a couple weeks of the games. Don't need Jackie Robinson day. Shout out to Rob Manford. Shout out to Major League Baseball. They are committed Absolutely 110% committed to ruining the game we love. 
Shout out to them. Love the commitment. Love the commitment. Just imagine how good the sport could be if they were just 50% committed to making it great as they are committed to, you know, ruining it. <sighs> I just, I just, I, it's a heavy sigh type of morning. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, little Raging Cajuns, McNeese, Cowgirls on the diamond action. We'll recap it. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Major League Baseball may not be playing, but thankfully we have college softball and baseball to entertain us. And ahead of a heck of a hard-fought game last night at Lampson Park as the nationally ranked Raging Cajuns welcomed in their old Interstate 10 rival McNeese. Raging Cajuns, Cowgirls at Lampson Park. This was a pretty entertaining game. Raging Cajuns plated a run in the first, a run in the second, built up a lead quickly, and it came from, well, an unlikely hero, so to speak, a young woman who hasn't got a ton of playing time, Samantha Grater. She had a two-run double in the fourth inning. She ended up going two for three at the dish. And she stepped up in a big way for this team. McNeese, though, answered. They plated runs there in the fourth, I do believe. I'm not going on a lot of sleep. I think that's correct. I was at the game. You think I would remember? <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. Yes. In the fourth inning. No, they tied it in the third inning. It was tied 2-2. And there in the fourth, base running was an issue in this game for both teams. McNeese had a chance to score even more runs there in the fourth. And the Cowgirls attempted to sneak across a run on a pop fly to shallow center. But the Raging Cajuns, they did their job, threw them out at the plate got out of the jam. Kendra Lamb came into the game as well in relief. She pitched well, four innings worth of work. She got in a little trouble, but she was able to get out of it there in the sixth and then did so again 
as she came out for the seventh and struck out two of the final three batters as the Cajuns get the hard-fought 5-3 win. Now, the Raging Cajuns will be turning their attention to opening up Sunbelt Conference play against Georgia State. That'll be a three-game set starting on Friday, 6 o'clock first pitch there at Lampson Park. Three-game series for the Raging Cajun softball team. And Coach Glasgow was asked last night following the game, how did he like how his team responded after McNeese came back, tied the game, made it 2-2, and was fighting? I mean, this was a bit of a fight for the Cajuns. The Cowgirls was. And this is what Coach Glasgow had to say. Well, I, I thought they responded good. And I thought McNeese, McNeese got a good team and a lot of speed. And I thought our kids, I thought they embraced that. And then when they, they scored, we scored. It took us one in to get our feet back on the ground. But I thought our offense, like, a really good pickup. Sam Grader really had a good a good night, and we needed that after we put her in the lineup, and that was a big help to us. And I thought Stormy was really good in the leadoff spot. Stormy did do well in the leadoff spot. They have some talent, and the team is starting to kind of come together. Remember, he told us earlier in the season, even before the start of the season, that he wasn't sure what his rotation was going to be, what the lineup was going to be, right? But as the season's progressed, he's figured out some of the positions, and some of the young women have kind of stepped up. Others have not. Some are struggling. So he's kind of figuring this out, who's going to be utilized in what way. It was also big for Kendra Lamb, who went out there and looked good as a relief pitcher, you could tell that she was kind of getting back on track. She's had a couple of off outings, and she discussed what that was like going out there pitching four innings in relief. I mean, tonight I think my job covering relief was really just to throw strikes, change the momentum in the game. So, I mean, me coming in that situation, I knew, like, I had to get ahead, had to decrease as much damage as I could, and thankfully we got the result we wanted in the end with a pop-up of strikeouts and whatever else happened. It really changed the momentum of the game, which was really good. It did. She was able to get out of jams. And... You could tell that she was pitching with confidence, especially there the last couple innings when she struck out the two batters in the seventh inning alone. She was very much kind of just on top of her game. And Kendra admitted how much a game like this last night, and look, it was cold and it started to get windy at Lampson Park. She has to come in in relief against a very scrappy McNeese, uh, McNeese Cowgirls team. How much does that boost her confidence after a couple rough couple outings a lot I mean coming in that situation and really just having to have that belief in myself like coming in that situation and being successful not only for me but for our pitching stuff and what we're doing like it just emphasizes that we're on the right track for the other team McNeese is still kind of a work in progress right they're a little above 500. They're still trying to find their way. They're fighting. But Coach Landrino has got his team still trying to figure some things out. There's nothing to hang their head about. 5-3 loss to a nationally ranked program on the road. Nothing to hang your head about. And they'll try to get back to action against 
Boise State for three-game series this weekend. But Coach Glasgow was asked about one of his former players. Kendall Talley spent the last couple of seasons with the Raging Cajuns. She transfers. She's at McNeese now. She had a heck of a game. She went three for three against her old team, scoring runs and driving them in as well. And she was down on the bottom of the lineup. Uh, Coach Glasgow, though, was not surprised whatsoever by what Kendall was able to do inside Lamson Park. She's a Kendall's a competitor. You know, like that kid is a great competitor. And, you know, nobody knows that better than us. We know she'd compete. I, I said that all fall, all winter. Every time we play Kendall Tiles, you'll go three for three because that's just who she is. And so it's really kind of fun for me as a coach to, to see her do that. And, and I'm glad we got to win. Did, nothing surprised about it. She did really well against her old team. She was fired up to play. Now, midweek game is in the rearview mirror, and they're going to gear up for conference play. And Coach Glasgow was asked, just how important was it for his team to get that win, a hard-fought midweek game, before they begin conference play in the Sun Belt? Yeah, you know, it's it a good win because you know they're going to be I, – I expect McNeese to really dominate that Southland Conference, and – He's a good coach, a really good coach. Shelly does a good job with him over there. And, you know, I, 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 was, was, I knew this would be a hard game and a really good win for us. And, you know, we got to play him again in a couple of weeks and it'll be a dogfight again. He expects it to be a dogfight, and I would agree to that. That'll be a game on the road over in Lake Charles. So Cajuns are a 5-3 winner at Lampson Park. They're going to gear up for conference play this weekend. They're at Lampson Park, Georgia State comes to town. Should be a good series. Of course, we'll have you covered. We'll be out there covering Coach Glasgow's team as they open up conference play. Got to take a break. Timeout, if you will. When we return, the award-winning columnist of the Town Talk on the Talk.com, John Marquise will join us. He'll talk about the latest things swirling around the LSU program or programs, plural, as well as his thoughts on the lockout by Major League Baseball. That's all coming up next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yeah, music festivals returning this summer to Gulf Shores and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. 
You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Doja Cat, and Megan the Stallion, just to name a few. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in lovely Gulf Shores. You can win VIP passes from the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Just go become a member of our rewards club to have that opportunity to score Hangout Music Fest passes. We led off today's show talking about Major League Baseball, hating its fans, and keeping that going. So that's a good thing. Well, also, a little Raging Cajuns Cowgirls softball recap for you. But right now, we're going to talk about the lockout more with our next guest. He's the award-winning columnist from the Town Talk and thetowntalk.com. He's our good friend, the one and only John Marquez. John, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing well, Ray. How about you? I am splendid. You got your Carson Wentz jersey yet? Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop I had, it. I had to. I had to. <sighs> like, so you, you're running a football team, and you go, you know what we're going to do? Let's do this. Let's go trade for a guy who is injury prone, who his former quarterback coach and now head coach has no problems giving him up. And we're going to give this team a third, a couple of third round picks. And on top of it, wait for it, we'll pay the majority of his salary. That makes perfect sense. That's a perfect Washington Commanders move if there ever was one. Can't wait. He looks better in burgundy and gold than he does in black and gold. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, you're happy because the Steelers didn't yes. trade for. <laughs> no, I'm yes. just saying, if John yeah, we'll didn't roll. bring this up, I would have. <laughs> we'll roll with Mason. Yep. Oh, 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 even worse. It's just so many bad quarterbacks in the NFL. All right, bud, let's switch gears and discuss Major League Baseball. It, it looked like we had some, uh, had made huge strides yesterday late Tuesday night and then early Wednesday they had come together about base salaries minimum salaries they'd come together about the luxury tax a lot of the fight all the financial stuff they had found common ground on but the international draft is the thing that throws a monkey wrench into everything and what started with so much optimism ends with another week's worth of games being canceled You know, are you surprised that it would be something like that? Are you? I'm just surprised that, look, it's going to be the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. That's on April 15th, John. We've canceled games now through the 14th. And but does Rob, does Rob Manford care about any of that? Or do the owners care about any of that? They can throw up no, the 42s don't. all they want. But if they're really, if we're really not going to have Jackie Robinson Day and celebrate the 75th anniversary of him breaking the color barrier, I, what's the point of even having it moving forward? And you know, I mean, it's sort of similar to two years ago when we had the COVID situation. It's like you get the feeling it's sort of strange. The owners don't want a 162 game regular season. Don't you get the feeling for that? Because if they don't have a 162-game regular season, hey, we can cut the salaries. 
I would actually be in favor if they did shorten the season. I think it would actually improve so many other things, but I don't think this is the way you go about it. Um, so, I, you know, and with anything involving these two sides, I'm not surprised. Um, like I said, I'd be shocked if they're playing by May 1st. Just It's just the way it's going. And multiple reporters now say, John, that the two sides are dug in. And now that you've canceled games and you're not going to make them up, rescheduling them or compensate the players, that the players are just going to dig in themselves now. So what had so much optimism just 24 hours ago looks even more dire now this morning, doesn't it? It does. And here's my here's the biggest beef I have about and it's, and I'll, I'll throw out this it's not just with major league baseball but the nfl and nba is why are you getting to this point now where was the negotiations in december where were they in january where were they in february why are you waiting until this point to get this close and all right here's our here's our final stumbling block that should have been taken care of weeks and months ago um you know it's just frustrating when you see Hey, the owners say, hey, we're going to lock you out, but and we're not going to meet with you for 43 days. It tells you all you need to know about the leadership of the game. And I hate to say it, it's not very strong, and it hasn't been since, what, Faye Vincent was let go? That was coming on, what, 30 years now? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's depressing that, you know, Bud Selig and now Rob Manfred are, going, are doing all they can to ruin the game. And the more I talk to people, step aside, push aside our own feelings, because you and I grew up baseball guys, right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're part of that last generation of, of individuals that really grew up with baseball. So let's push that aside in the app, you know, in the anger that we express because we love the game and we're upset by all of this. How about not having a product and squabbling over this? and the impact it's going to have on the younger generation that you're trying to get to, that you're struggling to reach, uh, they have so many other options. It, you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's the bigger concern I have. I We'll still watch baseball, but the younger generation that Major League Baseball is trying to figure out how to, you know, reach I don't know. Capture. Capture. Yeah. Uh, they... Yeah, this is not something that's going to be helpful in that regard either, John. And I think it's going to have more of a damning effect in that regard than it is the apathy with you and I. And, you know, and it's going to be a point where kids in Louisiana would rather, if, if it hasn't reached that already, they would rather watch LSU baseball or the Cajuns, um, Tulane, Tech, than they would Major League Baseball. And I can't blame them right now because guess what? I know LSU's playing. Tech's playing, the Cajuns are playing, Tulane's playing, Louisiana College up here is playing. We, you know, I, we can go and watch them play. Can't go watch the Astros play or the Rangers or the Braves. Um, you know, it's just they, they, and, and you're gonna get more and more kids who might be playing the game of baseball, but they could care less about Major League Baseball. I mean, I, you started to see the turn, but. You're also going to have more and more kids go into other sports or, heaven help us, go into esports. They'd rather play esports than the actual game. We're talking with John Marquez of the Town Talk and the Town Talk.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. 
All right, bud, let's shift gears from Major League Baseball to LSU. Um, There's a lot of positivity surrounding the program with Brian Kelly and what he's trying to do. There was a lot of fanfare with Frank Wilson being brought on board and what he could do as a recruiter. But then he's been added now to that lawsuit that a lot of people are worried about what the ramifications are going to be at that. Uh, it just doesn't seem like LSU can kind of shake this whole thing with the behavior of former coaches and staff members. You know, and I don't – I mean, and right now this is a he said, she said situation. They're just allegations. He hasn't been found guilty of anything. But, you know, USA Today, they did speak to two other employees, aside from Sharon Lewis, who filed the suit and has made the, the, the accusations – who corroborated that, yeah, he did the same thing to us. The issue is, we. I mean, this this went on apparently all throughout Les Miles' tenure at LSU. Some degree, it continued under Ed Ogeron. So you're talking about over a decade's worth of time period, a lot of coaches. Frank Wilson was a part of that time period. Why wasn't he vetted better, or why didn't someone come and say, hey, hey, maybe we should stay away, steer clear of anybody from the Les Miles era Um, because it's sapped all the positive momentum that Brian Kelly had built up. You know, there's a lot of panic and the established recruiting classes. Um, You know, I've heard more than one fan talk about how impressed they were with his coaching staff. It might be the best coaching staff that they've seen at LSU, which is saying something considering some of the staffs that Nick Saban built. Um, and now all of a sudden you have this cloud hanging back over the program, and, um, and it's not going away anytime soon. And, you know, I'm not saying Brian Kelly didn't have anything to do with that other than someone at LSU should have stepped up and said, hey, this isn't a good idea, and, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't get rid of Sharon Lewis, who has filed all these complaints. Maybe we need to reassign her to another position. It's just the optics don't look great. Um, They never look great. And, you know, I go back to one of the things I wrote in my column this week is the only person at LSU has lost their job over involved in all of this mess that's been going on since Les Miles is Sharon Lewis. Correct. Burge Allsbury was suspended but did not lose his job. Miriam Seeger, she still has a job. Correct. Both of, them, both of them were suspended. Both of them did not do what they were supposed to. And they still they still have jobs, very high-paying jobs in Burge Osbury's case. And then it just continues with LSU with the notice of allegations, right, done by the NCAA. Mm-hmm. That's going to now starting, finally starting to pick up steam. And that's still connected because they were unable to separate the football and the basketball alleged violations, right? So there is a possibility of lack of institutional control uh, could be uh, ruled. How do you think this is going to – it's still going to take months, if not another year, because we know how the NCAA operates. Do you think LSU is going to come away unscathed uh, with, with, with these allegations? I don't know if LSU is trying to pull the – Auburn, where you deny, you deny, you deny, and now, by the way, we settled the case. Um, you know, Auburn never denied, never admitted that they were under investigation until the case had pretty much been settled. 
and Bruce Pearl got a slap on the wrist. Mm, true. Um, the reason why they kept Bruce Pearl around, we took him to a Final Four. He won. Will Wade, he's winning. Is LSU trying for the same that, hey, we'll put up with this as long as he keeps winning? Possibility. But when you throw in everything that has gone down there for the last 10 to 15 years, I just don't see how LSU comes out of this unscathed. John, appreciate your time as always. Great writing with the column as always, my friend. Keep up the tremendous work, and we'll talk to you next week, bud. Thank you. Let me know when you get your winch jersey. Oh, that's not. Oh, I'm going to have a separate conversation with John Marques when we get off there. Carson Wentz? Really? Really? This is the guy? The oft injured ginger? That's the guy that's going to be the game changer for the commanders? Oh. And people are going, people are going to be like, oh. RP3, I mean, look at his stats. They look really good last year. Yeah, they look wildly efficient. Did you watch him play? Did you watch him not make throws in timely fashion when it mattered the most? Carson Wentz. That's going to be the difference for the com- That's the missing piece for the commanders. Get out of town. Carson Wentz. Can't wait for him to be injured by week three. You got to take a timeout. I'll try to simmer down. Carson Wentz talk, Major League Baseball talk, got me all fired up. It's too early in the morning for that. Maybe I need to go eat my banana. We got to take a timeout. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. That's what you're listening to. Stay tuned. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. 24... Niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a Niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the toughest monster truck tour is coming to the Cajun Dome on March 18th and 19th. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, wants to hook you up with a family four-pack of tickets. Simply text BIGFOOT to 68683. For your chance to score a family four-pack of tickets, you'll get the opportunity to see the best monster trucks in the world, including the iconic BIGFOOT. Once again, text Bigfoot to 68683 for your chance to score a family four-pack of tickets to the toughest monster truck tour at the Cajun Dome. Woo! Get the monster trucks on. Should be a good time. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Well, shall we? LSU takes on Missouri. The Battle of the Tigers will take place at the SEC tournament in lovely Tampa, Florida. Still don't understand why it's in Tampa. But there it is. It's there. It's in the land of the fighting Jamie Greens. 
They'll take on Missouri. 1.30 today is the scheduled tip. You can listen to all the exciting action right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. You're home for LSU Athletics. But we want to hear from you. How far will LSU advance in the SEC tournament? 60% of you right now say they will advance to tomorrow's quarterfinal round. 32% say the semifinals on Saturday. And only 8% of you say the title game. Let's get to some comments. JPK the OD says, who knows with that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Tigers, but if you think they are going to do anything good twice in a row, you're crazy. Joe Cola has chimed in. Hope I'm wrong, but my gut says they will underperform. But hey, at least Major League Baseball opening day is fast approaching. Oh, wait. Hashtag Manford sucks. I support that. And then Ton just shared a gif of Bender laughing <laughs> from Futurama. <laughs> Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments going. Coming on our poll question of the day. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to a salty Thursday edition of RP3 and Company. You know, yesterday was salty too, wasn't it? Five names were salty yesterday. I'm salty this morning. So much so that fan and friend of the show hit me up in the DMs about the saltiness, the state of the saltiness of this show. Our buddy Steve. Salty Steve, as we like to call him, says yesterday, five names, and now today, RP3. Saltiness everywhere. Soon everyone will join the dark side. Welcome to Salty Life. LOL. But can we still have cookies, though? What? What is cookies? You ever seen that ever? There's all, it used to be a meme. It was like, come to the dark side, we have cookies. And it says, welcome to the dark side. There's no cookies. Are you so under the impression cookies. that I live in a world where I even remotely understand memes? But it's just like word for word says those words. It's not like something encrypted. Like it literally says, <laughs> come to the dark side. We have cookies. I, some mornings, struggle to put on my pants. And you're over there thinking, hey, you big dummy. Why don't you understand memes? Hello? Nah. But it's not like most memes. Most memes, they have like a little message on it, but then it's like, it has it only makes sense to you reading it if you look what the picture is. But that meme about the dark side is if literally just word for word. If you want to know about 
the ghost and Molly McGee and how the family dynamics on this delightful Disney Channel cartoon is, I can break that down for you. I can break down what it's like hooping it up in the driveway with my daughter, who, by the way, made 10 buckets yesterday. Maybe time to put her in bitty ball. The spare time, I do have five names. I spend with my daughter. We're not spending time with the memes. So I know you're dumbfounded by this. My lack of meme game, as they like to call it. So I'm sorry I disappointed you. Once again, now we got five names being salty. Because I don't understand. I've never seen a meme that she's trying to tell me about. Anything else? Five names? I'm sending it to you right now. Of, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. For, well, for those that are, you know, our lovely listeners that um, are so involved um, in my life, because <laughs> I've made you part of it, um, <laughs> update on the wedding. Uh, the venue is secured, and uh, Kenneth's wedding band has come in. It came in a cute little box by Manly Bands, and it's like a little toolbox. I love it. <laughs> we cut the little toolbox. And that what time? What time did that happen yesterday? Um, it happened during the show because you sent me the photo. I sent you the picture during the show. I got it day before. So why the hell were you so salty yesterday then? Because if you had delightful cuteness arrive on your doorstep via a package, and uh, you got your wedding because venue, I can. That's a good answer. That's a woman <laughs> answer if there ever was one. I mean, because that's literally I the can. reason for anything we say is because we can say it. Because I can. Yeah, that's about it. That's fair. I'm salty today because of Major League Baseball. You see, are always see, on Major League Baseball, and we'll be see, like that till it happens. See, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be this way. See, I should have gotten to the point now where I don't care, right? And I, but it still bothers me, and I, I just. It's, it's a weird thing for a lot of us, and, and Kevin's the same way, where even though we're older now and we have our kids and we don't even have time to watch all the games that we used to. Like, you know, when you're a kid growing up, especially a boy, you watch baseball, you play catch with your dad, you collect baseball cards or sticker books or whatever it might be, you, you have the wiffle ball bat in the backyard and the whole nine yards, and you try to recreate a home run trot of your favorite player for me it was dale murphy i i still I have photos somewhere of easter with me in my easter basket rocking my atlanta braves shirt in the old plastic helmet that you used to get big hard plastic shell helmet so it, it's 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 part of you it's not something that you just fall out of love with it's part of who you are yeah i understand that right and i even had a baseball card shop with my parents, when I was a teenager. I mean, it. it I remember my first game. It, it's part of who you are. And that's where it gets so frustrating because of all the sports. And look, I love college football. I do. I love basketball. It, it, my favorite sport to cover is basketball, as, as just as a reporter. But baseball is like part of my soul. So it bothers me and I get salty, even though I try not to, and I try to be distracted and say it's not a big deal. I'm older now. I don't care about it as much, but it's just, but I'm lying to myself. Yeah. Because I still do care because I still get fired up about because I'm still angry about it. 
because there's no reason for this. There's no reason for having a work stoppage in Major League Baseball. There's absolutely none. There's none. There's no good reason. There's not one. You're a billion-dollar industry. You guys are squabbling over pennies on a, you know, pennies on a dollar. Like, like That's what it boils down to. And I've said it before, and I mean it when I say this. I love a sport, and I love a league, and I love a team that plays in that league that does not give a rat's patootie. A rat's patootie. Thank you. Well said. <laughs> about me or other fans. They just don't. No. They, they just, and that's hard to deal with because it's hard to deal with on just a basic level. Because when you love something, you expect it to at least be returned some way. But with Major League Baseball, it's not. It just isn't. No. I mean, the NFL. They could probably care less as well, but at least they kind of lie to us in a good way. At least they try. They lie, but they try. So I'll accept that. I wonder what happened if it was the NFL that was doing this work stoppage thing. Like, what would happen? Like, what's the what's the difference? There would be covered? a more visceral reaction by the general the the general sports fan because the NFL is number one in in the United States, right? And yeah. it's been that way for a while, probably close to twenty years. So, or even longer now. Yeah. I lose track of time. That's the problem. That, 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 and that's the problem that the Major League Baseball owners don't even realize. Like, they, they don't because they're in their own bubble and they're billionaires and they, they're they surrounded by a bunch of yes men that just do nothing but cater to their needs. And they don't understand what the general public and what the fans. Like, I had a discussion with someone last night in the press box. It was brought up in the press box at the Raging Cajun softball game. And it was brought up, and Kevin and I were talking with the gentleman who does the PA announcing. And he said he he it's he can't afford to go to games. That so general just the normal guy who maybe wants to take his family. I can't wait to take my daughter to a Braves game or even an Astros game. I I just want her to experience a major league baseball game. Like I'm excited to take you to a game because you've never been to one, right? Yeah. You've gotten to the point where normal blue-collar folks, hard-working folks, whether you're a parts runner or you work the oil field or you're a sugarcane farmer or whatever you may be or you work in the restaurant business, it doesn't matter. They've priced it to the point where you can't afford to go anymore. And NFL's the same way, but Major League Baseball is really bad. So you've done this to increase revenue. And then you're going to squabble over pennies on a dollar. Where you've made up to $11 billion and you had revenue increase for 17 years straight. We have to plan. Like, if me, if I take my daughter and my wife and we decide to go to an Astros game, we have to plan that out. Like, we have to budget that. That's just not something that I go throw on the Visa card. It's not how that works. And most baseball fans and majority of sports fans in general, but most most fans, especially around here, are the same way. And, and you guys are going to kill the game and take away games from us. Oh, on the same hand. It's not like they're going to come back. They're going to be like, hey, guys, discounted rates. Come on down. It's not how it works. That's why it, it really bugs me that, like you said, they're really they're fighting over this 
you know, pennies and t- I hate when any celebrity is aggravated or bugged about how much money they're making. Dear, sir, I wish I could go and be upset that I'm making twenty nine million to twenty nine point four million dollars. I why? Why are you so upset? I don't understand. I can't buy a Lamborghini. You probably can buy five. What's the problem here? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And baseball is just so tone deaf. The owners are, and Rob Manford is, that they, but they just don't care because they get the television revenue. It's always about the TV revenue. It just is. Because they have the television contracts that gives them an enormous amount of cash flow, it doesn't matter. This is also a same the same league. The, the, other, the other big frustrating thing is they have teams and have owners that on purpose don't invest in their own teams. On purpose don't invest in their own teams. Don't. So if you're the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates and you don't want to put any money into your team, there's no repercussions for that because you're still part of the revenue sharing. Because of the massive television contracts. So the Yankees can spend $220 million on payroll. The Pirates can spend $35 million. And guess what? The Pirates are still getting a check, which will essentially make them money without doing anything. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I try not to be salty about it. Right. And you're going to try to be salty about it today. And then, you know, James told me about it yesterday. And John Marquis brought it up in his interview. That now oh, Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz is your quarterback. Oh. James literally the right the show ended told me that. The worst owner in the NFL. <laughs> the absolute worst owner in the NFL is Daniel Snyder. He's the bum of all bums. Does not know how to run a franchise properly. And I'm not even talking about the hideous stuff that he does and allows to happen with female employees in the Washington football team slash Redskins slash Commander's offices. <laughs> Whatever team you are. I mean, he, he, this is a man who has a stadium that literally leaked and dumped toilet sewage on its own fans during a game this year. Twice! Twice! He's the He has ruined my team. He has ruined my team. He runs that football team like Six Flags ran Jazz Land into the ground. I just want to know how you get to Washington as your team. Like, how did you get there? That's all the way yonder. My late old man was a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. It's the 70s. They became America's team. Yeah. And he rooted for the Cowboys. So one day, I don't know, I was about four or five years old. And he's rooting for the Cowboys, and he wanted me to root for the Cowboys. And I, he did something that made me mad, or I, I don't know. I, it just so I, I saw him rooting and getting fired up because they were playing the Redskins, and the Redskins had John Riggins at the time, and Joe Theismann was their quarterback and everything. And I loved how John Riggins ran with the football. He looked like someone that was tough, and he was tough. So that's how that began. So I just rooted against my old man to kind of spite him. I was wondering. <laughs> That's it. Everything else, right? Everything else makes sense, right? Because I'm a Braves fan because I grew up in Mobile and I'm, yeah. t- I'm a TBS Superstation baby and grew up with Dale Murphy and Bob Horner and Rafael Ramirez and all those yeah. guys in the 80s. So 
and my grandfather was a diehard Braves fan. Once they settled down at Brooklyn Air Force Base in Mobile, and that's where he raised his family, they rooted for Atlanta. Oh. That was it. Game over. Yeah. So that got passed down to me. My college football team, obviously I'm from Mobile. That got passed down to me. I didn't have a choice. Like, there was a hat in the crib. There's a, or there's a baby picture somewhere. But Washington was because my old man was a Cowboys fan. And for whatever reason that day, I decided, nah, I'm going to root against him because that'll be more fun. And yeah. it just stuck. Just stuck. So there you go. I was, I was wondering. But Carson Wentz? <laughs> oh. The worst owner in football has made the decision to give up two third-round draft picks and pay all of an enormous salary to a guy who's not very good and injury-prone. Awesome. And our offensive line is not great. And we may lose the best guy from it in free agency. So we're going to put Mr. Glass back there throwing the football, thinking that we're going to get 2017 Carson Wentz before the injury. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. See, I was trying to calm down. You just you just had to <laughs> you just had to make it worse. Five names. See, because James made this point the other day that basically um I try to talk sports and it backfires every time because I don't know that much about it. So the point of me speaking on the mic is just about my personal life with you, and that's how we get along in our our lovely relationship on the radio. So I think he was trying to be nice and give me some kind of sports information so that I have something to talk about, and um, it backfired again. So <laughs> this is why I'm all about my personal life and not as much about sports because the knowledge is not like every other. Uh, man wedding plans are coming station. along nicely. Good job, five names. Yeah, thank you. You're you're doing a great job. Thanks. Good job over there. <laughs> but you were salty yesterday. I'm salty today. Yeah. What does that mean for Friday? Are we no, are we gonna have a salt free Friday? I can promise you that answer. That means probably Steve will be salty on Friday about something. Yeah. He'll bring that to the table. Yeah. Thanks, Let's check Steve. in on the poll question of the day before we have to hit our timeout, shall we? Okay. We asked you, LSU men, going to get busy in Tampa for the SEC basketball tournament. They're the five seed. They're going to take on Missouri, a team that they throttled pretty easily just a few weeks ago in the regular season. We're asking you, how far will LSU advance in the SEC tournament? 59% of you right now say they, nope, sorry, that's changed. Now it's 57% say that they'll advance to Friday's quarterfinal round. 33% say they'll make it to the semis on Saturday. And 10% of you say they're going to advance to Sunday's title game. By the way, Sunday is Selection Sunday. Both the men and women's NCAA brackets will be unveiled on Sunday. That's right. That's right. Let's get to some comments. Salty Steve says NCAA wants Will Wade's head. Everybody's focusing on Lady Tigers basketball and Tigers baseball. So let's do a major league and go out and win the whole damn thing. Hashtag unsalty Steve. He's been the opposite because we're being. Steve has been on fire of late. Shout out to Steve. Robert, sometimes I'm referred to as Roberto Duplachan says, with this team, you just can't tell. They could win it and then get bumped in the first round, or they could be first out in the SEC tourney. Keep those comments coming on our poll question of the day. Keep your votes coming as well. 
we got to take a timeout. Wharton Talk, McNeese men's basketball next. Big win for them. Also, a little LSU and McNeese baseball talk. They played each other last night as well at Alex Box Stadium. That's all going to be coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 9th, 1991, McNeese basketball legend and Detroit Pistons star Joe Dumars begins an NBA free throw streak of 62 straight games. The record would be broken in 1993 by Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and then Michael Williams. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultural marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than just show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, bathrooms, and man caves. LMG also offers custom shower installations, including new grout-free showers. That's right. LMG offers low-maintenance showers without the mess and fuss and odor of grout. Visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more all about those sensational services and great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every Wednesday. So go visit lmgelite.com today, or you can simply stop by their showroom. It's located right there on I-49 North, across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. It's Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Let's talk a little McNeese basketball and baseball while we have a few minutes here on the RP3 and company. The men's basketball team lost an inexplicable game in the regular season finale over the weekend at Houston Baptist. Four overtime defeat. They had a player that had not played all season. He ran onto the court after Zach Scott hit a shot that they believed was the game winner. It was not. There was a technical foul. Forced another overtime. McNeese lost. Brutal way. Just brutal. And John Aiken's team ended the regular season on a five-game losing streak. Five-game losing streak. But, man, they had something to be happy about last night over in Katy, Texas. Because Kellen Taylor scored a career-high 22 points And the Cowboys used a 15-0 first half run to separate themselves from the Northwestern State Demons. Sorry, Jamie. And that was in route to an 80-67 win in the first round of the Southland Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. It's an 18 field. Cowboys are the seven seed, so they're going to have their work cut out for them. And they're going to play the third seed, UNO Privateers, Tonight, 7.30 in the second round game at the Merrill Center there in Katy. First five and a half minutes of this ball game was slow. But following a media timeout, 
in leading 10-9. to Aiken and his staff adjusted back-to-back three-pointers by Harwin Francois and Trey English. Put the Cowboys up 16-9. NSU tried to make it close, but it wasn't enough. McNeese was able to close the door, played good defense, and not only do they snap their five-game winning streak, they also pick up their first tournament win since 2015. First tournament win since winning in the first round of 2015. So congratulations for that. Look, it's easy to let things snowball on you. And this was a disappointing season for McNeese. As they were well under 500 and ended the season on a five-game losing streak and losing in awful fashion at Houston Baptist. But for them to be able to rebound quickly, having to play on the first day of the tournament in winning a game, shout out to them. Because that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Now, you know, whew, that's going to be a challenge. Privateers are good. They're a good Southland Conference team. Even though I think the Southland's wide open, privateers are good. So they're going to have to take this momentum and bring it inside the Merrill Center tonight in lovely Katy, Texas. While the men's basketball team picked up a win, we already talked about the softball team falling just short against UL last night at Lampson Park. Raging Cajuns are just the better team right now. But give McNeese credit because they fought. Like, they didn't go away. And Kendall Talley didn't work out for her with the Raging Cajuns. She transferred to McNeese. She goes three for three against her old team. They fought. They scrapped. 5-3 was the final score there. And they went against a nationally ranked program, ranked in the top 25, on the road, and fought. Now, softball team has been going through some ups and downs as well. They're still trying to figure things out, so to speak, McNeese is. But playing well against tough competition is going to go a long way. Now, they're going to welcome in Boise State for a three-game set this weekend. They're 10-9 and nine overall. And look, McNeese has had to play the likes of number one ranked, you know, Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, they've had to play the Raging Cajuns. You know, they, they've not had an easy slate by any stretch of the imagination. But after Boise, they're going to play Southern next week. And then, oh, yeah, they get to go play a three-game set at Baylor. McNeese won't start South in conference play until March 25th when they're on the road at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So still plenty of time for the mini softball team to figure things out. The baseball team, meanwhile, tough go of it. You have to go on the road. You have to take on nationally ranked LSU. But credit Justin Hill's team because they fought hard in this game. This was a 6-3 game. And LSU got some of those runs late to give themselves some separation. But this was not an easy game 
for Jay Johnson's team at Alex Box Stadium last night. McNeese, the Cowboys, came in there and gave them everything they could handle. Now, LSU got those two runs in the second last night. That was huge for them. They established a lead early. McNeese tried to chip away at it, a run in the fourth, but then LSU answered with a run in the seventh, in the bottom of the seventh. So it was a 3-1 game heading to the eighth. LSU broke the game open, plating three runs in the bottom of the eighth. But credit McNeese, they didn't go down. They scored two more runs in the top of the ninth. But McNeese's pitching also gave up, you know, home runs to Gavin Dugas and Jacob Berry. Jacob Berry also had a double in this game. Braden Jobert had that great double that he tried to make into a triple and got thrown out. So a good hard-fought win for the Tigers in a midweek contest. But I like what I'm starting to see out of McNeese. They're 8-5. and five. Justin's Hill's team is young. They have some veteran players, but they're, they're, they're very young. And this is a team, yeah, they lost 2-3 or three to nationally ranked Louisiana Tech, but they did take a game there. They fought hard, gave LSU everything they could handle on the road at Alex Box Stadium. I sh- Man, it sure does feel like this McNeese team could make some noise in the Southland Conference. They're going to get back to action with a three-game series at the Joe this weekend against Cal State Northridge. McNeese, 8-5 and five now in the season. LSU, meanwhile, improves to 10-3 and three on the year. We got to take a timeout. Hotline's open. You want to get your phone calls in? Now is the time because we got two guests in hour number three, the eight o'clock hour, with Les East and Adam Spencer. So you want to get those phone calls in? Feel free to do so. You want to talk baseball? Want to talk softball? Want to talk MLB? Want to talk about Hannah's wedding plans? My saltiness does not matter. Boom. Just give us a call. Hotline's open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Every time you think I would know better by now. I'm trying not to be salty. Trying not to be salty. Dancing helps. It just does. You know what else helps? Thinking about the ultimate crawfish boil. How can you not be excited when you think about this prize package that we 
have to give you. The game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. This is what you're going to score with the ultimate crawfish bowl. Two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, a paddle, an ice chest, a tumbler, a chair they can even keep up with your boy, RP3. A $500 Visa gift card and tickets to an Astros game whenever they do start playing baseball this year. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from j Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and of course the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. I would be thrilled to win this. I'm not allowed. See, we aren't allowed, but you know what you could also win from winning that? You can also win two fantastic friends and me and RP3 our, and invite us to your crawfish our, boil our that friendship. you have with the crawfish you got. You can win the boil, <laughs> and then if you'd like to invite us over, <laughs> you know, when you're breaking in your your crawfish boil, be more than happy to take part in that. Yes. Um, I do have someone that hopefully will bring down our saltiness. I have my best friend, Mr. Doug, is on the phone. Let's talk about some college oh. baseball and softball. Doug, good morning, brother. We need to hear from you. I'm way too salty today, bud. I'm way too salty. Yeah, well, Ray, I mean, when you pick at the cat enough times, you're going to get swiped at, you know? I mean, <laughs> every day you pick and pick and pick at Hannah, and then when she turns around and swipes at you, you oh, 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 Hannah, why are you picking on me? I know, bud. <laughs> I know. I get, I no, get, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have enough women in my life to give me the business. Trust me. I need more. <laughs> yeah. I just, just pile it on there, Ray. Oh, I'm a glutton for punishment. What can be said? Hey, Ray. What, bud? Lady Cajun. Lady Cajun. You know, I really liked what I seen from Sam Landry. Yeah. I mean, she had that outing against the Lady Tigers. Uh, uh, she's young. I mean, she had, she had some good some good movement on her pitches. I believe she's going to be a force for the Cajuns in the next couple of years. She's going to be tough. Kendra Lamb is having a tough tough start. I don't know what it is. With Kendra, she, last year she was a, it was a tough pitcher. I think the change in pitching coaches, I think that's, you know, they, they, yeah. they, they, they got Robes boy, right? on staff right. so so i i just think it's different and we talked to her last night and i just think it's one of those things doug where she just kind of lost her confidence right in the beginning of the season had a couple of yeah. innings that got away from her so now it's just her trying to get back on track i think last night can help in that and kind of put her back on track so to speak and i do agree with you about sam too she's going to be good for them for years to come oh for sure ray and ray who is Bethune Bethune Cookman? Where where is that at? <laughs> yeah, you're you're looking at the LSU baseball schedule and you're like, hey, well, they got a weekend series. Let's go check them out. And they're playing Bethune Cook Bethune Cookman, my friend, is in Daytona Beach. They are a historical black college in university, uh, and uh, they're located there in Daytona Beach, my friend. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, now, look, Lady Tigers start uh, conference play 
tomorrow, man. Uh, Georgia State? Against, uh, guess who? Yeah, Alabama. Good Lord. <laughs> of all people to start with. And, you know, they got Montana Files, and they're going to for sure see her. I know, uh, but it should be. I'm hoping Lady Tigers can at least get one out of this. Look, it, it, look you know? it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good weekend, right? A raging Cajun softball team. They're at home against Georgia State, opening up conference play. The Cajuns baseball team, who had their two midweek games both canceled or rescheduled because of rain, right. they're gonna welcome in a very good University of Houston Cougars team for a three game series. That should be a heck of a series at the Teague as well. Doug, it's gonna be yeah, a good it's weekend, to bud. Be bad weather tomorrow, Ray. So I don't know. Right, we're gonna keep it's our fingers to be crossed. Cold Saturday. We'll keep our fingers crossed, bud. Thank you, Ray. All right, brother. Have a great day. See, I knew there was going to be something happening on that phone call. You want to know why? Because I just knew it because you didn't even text me who it was. You just grabbed the microphone and just started. And I knew I said, oh, it has to be just a few. There's only going to be a few of those callers. And sure enough, it was Doug. I love Doug. (laughs) How can you not love Doug? He's, he literally called up during Kevin's show not to talk to Kevin, just to go and wish me a Merry Christmas, I think is what it was. He wished me Happy Holidays d- just to do that. He didn't call, talk to Foot or anything else. He just wanted to wish me Happy Holidays and that I was safe. Didn't call to talk to Foot or anything? No. Just to tell <laughs> me Happy Holidays. That was it. Let's talk a little SEC tournament. While we have a moment. Once again, LSU is going to take on Missouri later on today in their first round, their first game of the tournament, right? So yesterday, we had number 12-seeded Missouri take on number 13-seeded Ole Miss. The Tigers dispatched of the poor Rebels easily, 72-60. to Missouri now gets to take on LSU, the five-seed. So you get a 5-12 matchup there in the SEC tournament in Tampa. Vanderbilt, meanwhile, as the 11 seed, they annihilated poor Ugga, the Bulldogs, 86 to 51. So you got the very first games now in the books. You got a great slate of games for the tournament today. It's going to start off with number eight, Texas A&M, taking on number nine, Florida. That's going to be at 11 a.m., and that's going to be. Both of those teams are kind of bubble teams for the NCAA tournament, so they're going to need to win a couple of games to punch their ticket to the to the big dance. So that's going to be a wildly entertaining game. That's going to be followed by LSU, which you can listen to live right here, tentatively scheduled to tip at 1.30. Number five, LSU versus number 12, Missouri. Once again, the Tigers dispatched of the other Tigers from Columbia, Missouri. Just a few weeks ago, it wasn't even close. That's Xavier Pinson's old team. That should be a win today. Should be a win today. And then that'll be followed by number seven, South Carolina, taking on number 10, Mississippi State. That'll be at six o'clock, or sorry, five o'clock. And then that'll be followed by Alabama, number six, Alabama versus Vanderbilt. So plenty of intriguing matchups from the SEC tournament today and then if LSU wins today if they beat Missouri which I expect them to do they'll advance to Friday's quarterfinal round and they'll have to take on Arkansas 
A team they should have beat both times, by the way. They let both of those games get away from them. One in the PMAC, one up at, at the Bud in Fayetteville. So, if LSU plays to their potential, if Eason takes over like he typically does, I could see them being Arkansas. Arkansas is the better team, but LSU came really close to beating them twice and let it get away from them. And this will be on a neutral floor. I like LSU's chances to get to the semifinals on Saturday. Anything after that, I don't. I could also see them losing to Arkansas tomorrow. But I like their chances. I don't think it's impossible. I think the draw on the bracket actually favors them to win a couple of games. But it has to start today with a focused performance against Missouri, a team they throttled just two weeks ago. Poll question of the day is how far will LSU advance in the SEC tournament? That's what we want to hear from you. Brad on Twitter has chimed in. Dr. Jekyll wins it all. Mr. Hyde loses today. I say Dr. Jekyll doesn't drink the formula until the semifinals. So he likes, Brad likes LSU's chances to advance. I do too. I think they take care of Missouri this afternoon. And then Arkansas is probably a coin flip game for them. But it's hard being a team three times in one season. Right now, 63% of you say LSU will advance to Friday's quarterfinal round. 28% say Saturday's semifinals. And 9% of you say they're going to make it to the title game. Keep your votes coming on the poll question of the day. Also, make sure to check out 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com for a game story, a recap from the SEC tournament for LSU basketball. That'll be posted later this afternoon. Oh, he finally makes an appearance. I guess he's been on vacation. The one and only Mr. Green is on the hotline. Mr. Green, how are you, sir? Good morning, Mr. Third. I'm I'm doing okay other than having a sick kid. How are you doing? This man's got a sick kid. Why do you like having your kid be sick? What's up with that, bud? I mean, you know, it keeps me from having to go to work, right? <laughs> I hope your kid gets to feeling better, bud. I hope you get to feeling better. What's yeah, on your mind, bud? Full, but, well, look, I wanted to go in on the poll question of the day, and I, I wanted to also say, you know, I guess that the commanders could have done worse. I don't know who, but they could have done worse <sighs> uh, than Carson Wentz. But look on the bright side. Oh, is there? Okay, I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, uh, I'll get back to you on that. Um, <laughs> so it, it could have been Mitchell Trubisky. Is that what you wanted to say? No, I think Tr- Mitchie Biscuits is a better quarterback. I'm trying to think of who. I'm sorry, I I can't. Um, but the the tournament, uh, I think that LSU is is going to make it to the semis. I think that they'll they'll win tonight. I think they'll beat Arkansas because, as you point out, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. And as much as you know, I hate to admit it, I think they're going to finally get the monkey off their back with with Arkansas and make it to the semis. And I think they'll be done there, but. They've just been so, towards the end of the season, just so, I don't know, I want to say inconsistent. Like, just, you never know what they're going to do. So They're, wild, uh, they're, they're, we'll they're, they're wildly inconsistent, Jamie. That's a, that's a good way of describing that, bud. Look, bud, 
I got to hit a timeout. Thank you for your phone yep. call. Hope you have a great day. Hope your little one gets to feeling better. All right. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. You too, bud. Hey, man, been there. When the little ones get sick, woo, you get a little worried. It can be stressful. So we hoping Jamie's little one gets to feeling better. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number two. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Ready to feel the excitement of the conference championships like never before? Turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook. One of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win their game, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for more information. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three. We'll kick it off with Les East next, right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hey, some good news about my uh, Washington football team slash Redskins slash commanders. Uh, with the Carson Wentz trade now, you know, it's going to be a done deal, giving up two third-round picks for the oft-injured quarterback that the Colts didn't want anymore. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, our Super Bowl odds dropped from 60-1 to 1 to 75-1. to 1. Adding Carson Wentz dropped – the odds for my team to win the Super Bowl next year. The apparent upgrade at quarterback actually made my team worse. That's what our friends in the desert say. Oh, Danny Snyder. Keep up the great work. Keep it up. Keep it up. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, we've had a great show today. I've been salty. I apologize. Maybe didn't get enough sleep last night. Covered the Raging Cajuns, Cowgirls softball game at Lampson Park. My apologies. 
I'm salty about that and, well, not about covering softball. I enjoy covering softball thoroughly. But Major League Baseball continues to hate its fans as now it cannot agree to a new collective bargaining agreement and has canceled yet another week's of games, week's worth of games. And we're now going to be canceled through April 14th. By the way, April 15th is going to be the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. It's supposed to be Jackie Robinson Day. But the Major League Baseball owners and Rob Manford, my favorite person in the world, I don't know who I dislike more. I'm trying not to use the word hate these days. Okay, I'm doing some like Linton studies with my church. I'm trying not to use the word hate as much. So I'm going to try to people I strongly dislike. How about that? Does that sound better? Thank you. Thank you, Five Dames. I don't know who I dislike more, Daniel Snyder or Rob Manford. They're, oh man, it's, it's gonna, that's, that's hard for me. That's very difficult for me. But we're in danger of not having Jackie Robinson Day. On the 75th anniversary of him breaking the color barrier. It's just like, come on, what are we doing? Oh, Major League Baseball. I love you, but you don't love us back. We discussed that. We discussed softball, baseball for both McNeese, LSU, and the Raging Cajuns today. But right now, it's time for us to talk a little New Orleans Pelicans and some New Orleans Saints with our guy, the award-winning columnist, reporter, from CrescentCitySports.com, also lifelong baseball fan. I'm sure he's frustrated this morning as well. Our buddy, the one and only Les East. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you? Doing well, Raymond. How are you? I'm fine. I'm I'm pleased as punch this morning. I can tell. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, oh, baseball. It frustrates me. All right, so... Let's focus on the New Orleans Pelicans. Lots to be excited about, but B.I. gets banged up, and it makes all the difference in the world. They, they, they can't win without him, even with C.J. McCollum dropping 32 points. They lost again last night, second straight game without B.I., and they lost both of those contests. How long is Ingram going to be out for, and what can they do while he's out to try – to not start fading and start dropping in the standings? Well, they said yesterday he'll be reevaluated in seven to ten days, so that means he's at least going to miss this entire homestand, which means three more games in addition to last night Uh Um, and and possibly more. So uh, that's not good. Uh, they, they should have been able to win last night even without him. They uh, they looked like a team that was lethargic uh, playing on a back-to-back, but Orlando was doing the same thing, so that's no excuse. But they were uh, just – they had no energy to begin with, and they uh, fell behind, and they, they made a nice push in the third quarter, got even – and then immediately um, watched Orlando score 10 straight points and, and couldn't catch up after that. So uh, it, it was a bad performance. Uh, missed, they missed Ingram, but that doesn't explain why they played so poorly last night. They, they could have won that game without him. They, this is a relatively weak uh, series of opponents coming up. They have... Um, 
the Hornets on Friday and then the Rockets on Sunday, and then they have to play Phoenix on Wednesday of next week. That will be obviously the, the toughest game of the four. So they could still uh, do okay without him, but they have to play a lot better than they did last night. You know, Orlando just surrounded C.J. McCollum as best they could. I think he had uh, 34 uh, Jonas Valanciunas had a very good game, but they had nobody else who could score consistently. Herb Jones wound up with 15, but uh, he wasn't uh, a consistent scoring threat throughout the game. So they have to have somebody else uh, step up with more consistency on the offensive end. Devontae Graham did not shoot well. He could have been that guy, but he wasn't. So somebody else has to give them uh, some consistency on offense in Ingram's absence, and uh, I'm not sure who that's going to be, but uh, that they weren't able to find him last night, but they better find him pretty soon. Tony Snell did not have the game that, uh, well, he, he had a game that he would want to forget, right? And he was supposed to be one of the guys that needs to step up in that trade, they got him in the trade. I, I know it's difficult to you take anything away from one game performance, but you know, zero points, zero assists, zero for four from the field, zero for three from three point range, one rebound, two steals, and he played thirty one minutes. Yeah, I think they. Um... He's played fairly well since the trade, but when uh, Ingram got hurt, they put him in the starting lineup, and he did not play well in Memphis, and as you pointed out, did not play well last night. So uh, moving into the starting lineup has not been good for him. And I, I was a little surprised that he was the guy they went to when, when Ingram was sidelined in Memphis. I, I think that has something to do with size. They wanted to have a, uh, a a bigger guy in the lineup, but I think they have to look at possibly uh, putting him back on the bench and maybe putting Graham back in the starting lineup. And uh, that was the starting lineup initially after the trade. At least that was the backcourt with Graham and McCollum. It, it's not a big backcourt, but I think that's something they might might want to look at uh, going forward and let Snell go back on the bench because he has not responded well to the two starts he's been given here initially. That, you know, matchups will have something to do with that, but uh, I think they have to look at possibly putting Devontae Graham in the starting lineup and let Snell come off the bench uh, beginning uh, Friday night against Charlotte. What's the latest? On Zion Williamson, I know he's back in town. He's uh, posing for photos with dogs and barbershops and, you know, he's all about town and everything like that and taking selfies and all that good stuff. And he looks fit from what the photos indicate. Is there any possibility whatsoever that he's going to be playing this season less or do you think they're just going to shut him down and just make sure that he's good and healthy for next year? Oh, who knows? I, I, I would say 
I wouldn't rule out the possibility that he would set foot on a basketball court sometime before April 10th, uh, but uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, I have no idea. He's he, he's um, out indefinitely. You know, the, the Pelicans, going all the way back to media day in September, have tried to be somewhat encouraging about his potential return, I would even say misleading in the early stages of this. Uh, but, you know, when he when they announced a week or so ago that he would be returning to New Orleans from his exile in Portland, uh, they even said themselves that he's still out indefinitely, which I think might have been the first time they had actually used that word to describe him, so they're not even pretending that his return is is uh, in the uh, near future. So I think that's pretty telling right there. He is back in town. I, I don't know that that means anything. So, you know, my guess is that he will not play this season, but I can't rule it out um, because he is back in town, and they say – that the the foot has shown some progress since the last time they uh, this, this last injection apparently has done some good. We're talking with Les East. He covers the New Orleans Pelicans and Saints for ChristianCitySports.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, let's shift gears to the black and gold. Uh, Saints made the announcement, and it's been reported that they have cleared yet another $12.4 million by restructuring two big contracts, including Cam Jordan. And they have also re-signed exclusive rights free agents, Carl Granderson and Jalen Dalton. Uh, what do you make of the moves that the Saints have made so far, and what do you anticipate them still uh, – what type of moves do you expect them to still to do? Still to make, rather. Well, you know, Cam Jordan was always a, uh, a strong candidate to have his contract restructured because there was a lot to work with there to try and get them under the cap. So that, that's not surprising, but it's uh, significant that, that they got it done. They still have some more work to do there. You know, I think Marshawn Lattimore is certainly a candidate um, for them to restructure his contract as they continue to try and get – Underneath the cap, I, I think the, the the two defensive linemen. I think that's significant. Uh, Carl Granderson's been a pretty good rotation player. I think uh, Dalton is a guy that they uh, had high hopes for last year in training camp. They, they he was having a good camp, and they thought that uh, he was going to be a key player on the defensive line until he got hurt. So. Uh, not marquee names, but I think two important pieces to that defensive line rotation, which is one of the strengths of, of the team, and, and an area that took some hits last year with injuries. That they looked like they were going to go eight or nine guys deep on the defensive line with quality, and they they had a series of injuries. So if they if they can get back to having that type of depth on the defensive line, I think they'll be even better than they were last year. Uh, but there's still some work to be done uh, on the cap front. I think they'll, they'll they have to get it done here in the next week before the the new uh, league year starts next Wednesday. So um, I, I think uh, that that's what they're going to be focused on here. But they're they're going to get that done. They have to get it done, and then they can turn their attention to uh, Toronto Armstead and. Uh, 
Marcus Williams and, and guys outside the um, the team that they're going to try and bring in. You know, we'll see what happens with quarterbacks. Obviously, there's been some um, some movement with some marquee quarterbacks here in the last few days, uh, and Mark and uh, Carson Wentz too. Uh, in addition to um, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Russell Wilson, but one thing to keep an eye on is <clears throat> I really get the feeling that there is significant mutual interest between the, the Saints and Tyron Matthew, especially if uh, Marcus Williams were to go elsewhere in free agency. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, if the Honey Badger comes home, that is going to be – we expect those jerseys to fly off the shelves for sure. All right, so you think there is mutual interest between Tyron Matthew and the Saints if they don't bring back Marcus Williams. I'll wrap it up with this, Les. Teron Armstead, what's the likelihood? Give me a percentage here as it stands right now on March the 10th, the likelihood that they're going to be able to bring back their left tackle and that he won't go sign a huge, massive contract with a tackle-needy team like, say, maybe the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I, I, I would probably put the chances of him re-signing at about one in three, and, uh, you know, I think the Saints would like to have him back. I I think he would be happy to come back. I just don't know that it's going to work out that way. He's, you know, left tackles are uh, a very uh, important commodity in the NFL. And when he hits the open market, there's going to be a lot of interest. There's going to be a lot of money flying in his direction. Certainly the Bengals would appear to be uh, a team that would be um, high on the list of teams to to make offers to him, and I just don't know that the Saints, with their limitations in spending and their need uh, their needs throughout the roster, are going to be able to commit the type of money to him that it's going to take to keep him. So, even though they would love to have him, and I think he would be glad to come back, I don't know that they're going to be able to give him the kind of money he's going to be able to get on the open market. So I would say it's more likely he leaves than stays. Um, but we'll see. Les, appreciate your time and your analysis as always, brother. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, bud. Thanks, Raymond. Hey, today is the day that you're going to join the Game Clubhouse Rewards. That's right. Not only is it free to join, but you're also going to get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts. Like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser's Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen, both located inside Cypress Bayou. You can only win that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or that $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. Woo! Mabel's Kitchen, they have these ginormous cheese sticks. They are to die for. Man, I like going there. I like going there. Love going to Mr. Lester's, too. Well, you can't go wrong with either one. But you can't win those gift certificates. We can't hook you up with those, so you can go have a great time unless you become a member of our clubhouse. So go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Go click on the Clubhouse Rewards tab. Sign up. It's free to do so. Make that happen. Make yourself happy. Make that happen. We got to take a timeout. 
We'll update the poll question of the day. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 10th, 1984. Georgetown defeats rival Syracuse 82-71 in overtime of the Big East Men's Basketball Tournament at Madison Square Garden in New York City. The Patrick Ewing-led Hoyas would go on to win the NCAA Men's Tournament. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't forget this afternoon, LSU men's basketball live from the SEC tournament in Tampa as the Tigers of purple and gold variety will take on those from Missouri. LSU versus Mizzou this afternoon. Second game of the slate of four for the SEC tournament today. 5-12 matchup between LSU and Missouri. You can listen to it live right here on the game. Tentative for a tentative tip is set for 130. 130. Now, it may be a little off of that because the game prior to it. Okay. That'd be the Texas AM versus Florida game. But tentatively for 130 this afternoon, LSU versus Missouri live from the SEC tournament. You can listen to it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll talk more about the SEC tournament as well as conference tournament week with Adam Spencer, our friend from Saturday Down South. He'll join us in about five minutes from right now to break it all down and give his thoughts on who he likes here in the SEC tournament to make a run. Once again, tournament time is always it's weird because every year you'll have a team that'll make a run in their own conference tournament. They'll be middle of the pack. They'll make a run. They'll win it. And then they get bounced early from the NCAA tournament. And sometimes you'll have a team that'll get booted early in their conference tournament and they'll make a deep run. I look to the LSU women for an example. We expect them to be a sweet 16 team, if not more. They lost their very first game in the SEC tournament. So certain programs treat conference tournament week a little bit differently. Some of them don't care. Really, they don't. Some of them don't care. They're like, oh, that's that's great and all. We're still going to be an at-large bid. We're still going to get in. We're still going to have a good seating. It doesn't really matter. Also, some coaches now take the approach of those are just extra games. And it's an extra opportunity for my gals or gals guys or gals, to get injured. So why chance it? Some coaches take the approach of, I'm going to give my team rest. They're not injured, but I'm going to give them rest because we're going to have to go through the gauntlet that is the NCAA tournament. So why would I worry about having to play? Now, that's the case for your upper echelon of programs. 
that are going to be going to the tournament. For other teams that have to fight tooth and nail, they have to play all these games on all these days because they don't have a chance. They don't have a choice because if they don't, they don't make the tournament. That's what it boils down to. So that's what makes tournament week so interesting is which teams are going to take what approaches, who's going to get hot, who's going to be your breakout star, and can you carry that momentum over into the NCAA tournament because it's so hard. It's just so hard. It's so hard to win your conference tournament, especially if you're one of those lower seeds, and then turn around and make a run. It's been done. Make no bones about it. It's been done. But it just makes things far more challenging. It just does. It really does. I think UConn did it once where they were having an okay season. They had to play multiple games. They won their conference tournament, and then they went into the NCAA tournament and won it as well. So it can be done. It's just far more challenging. That's what makes this week interesting. I expect LSU to handle their business today. I do. Tomorrow's matchup with Arkansas is the one that intrigues me. Because they had a chance in both of their matchups with the Razorbacks to win those games. They had the opportunity to win both of those games. They didn't get the job done. They're going to get another crack at Arkansas. I could see them winning that matchup. I could. But I could also see them falling short. Because you don't know what LSU team you're going to get because they have not been consistent for the last two months of the season. I mean, it's been that long. They haven't been consistent in back-to-back-to-back games. That's why I worry about this team being able to not only make a run at the SEC tournament, but in the NCAA tournament. Because they haven't played consistently game to game to game. So we'll see. Will Wade's team has talent. Can they put it all together? That's the big question mark. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South will join us. We'll look at the SEC tournament. No big surprises on the first day as the lowest of the low played each other. But today's slate is immensely intriguing. And could be some upsets on the table today. We'll talk about it with Adam next. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, everyone is apparently part of the game family. Brother, 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 brother. Seriously, how many brothers does Ray have? Good morning to you, brother. Back to Ray and all of his brothers right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got chronic joint pain? Not having success with steroids, but trying to avoid having surgery? Well, thankfully, there's a better way. And it's now available here from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Hey, RP3 here. I'm talking about 
new therapies, advanced all-natural regenerative treatments that not only just give you relief, but also can help restore and repair damaged tissue for long-lasting relief. If you've got joint pain due to arthritis, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, don't just think the old ways of dealing with pain are the only ways. You need to learn more about these new biological therapy solutions. Call now for a free consultation, QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. These remarkable new treatments increase mobility, decrease pain, and help restore tissue. They actually encourage your body to heal itself. Call now and learn more about these regenerative and revolutionary alternatives. Don't wait. Call today. QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day as well. How far will the LSU Tigers make it in the SEC tournament? Will they advance to tomorrow's quarters, Saturday's semis, or Sunday's championship game? LSU begins SEC tournament play in Tampa later this afternoon when they take on Missouri in a 5-12 matchup. That'll be heard live right here on the game starting at 1.30. To break down more about the SEC tournament and conference tournament week is our good friend joining us now from... Saturday down south, the one and only Adam Spencer. Adam, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a great time of year. We got uh, you know basketballs already starting soon, and it's uh, you know wall to wall basketball all weekend and stuff. So it's a great time of year. It is a great time of year, and we're going to have selection Sunday coming up in just a few days. So it is a great time. So let's focus in on what's happening in Tampa. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the SEC tournament being held in Tampa, but I. I digress. So no big surprises yesterday with Missouri beating Ole Miss and Vandy throttling Georgia. They move on, but we got four games and there's some intriguing matchups today at the SEC tournament. Adam, which one of those stands out the most to you of the four matchups we have? Well, let's uh, let's get started with that first one. You know, Florida, Texas A&M is huge. Uh, There's, some major NCAA tournament uh, ramifications there. The winner of that moves to the right side of the bubble, and the loser probably uh, probably is going to be heading to the NIT. So there's a lot to play for in that one. Um, and you know, Texas A&M got that that one point win in College Station last month that came on like a like a fouling a three point shooter or something. So you know, there's there's some. Uh, there's some tension there between the two teams. Each team needs to get one more win at least to make the NCAA tournament field. Uh, and then, you know, if either one of them goes on to upset number one, Auburn, then I think they'd definitely be in. But so, yeah, there's a lot to play for right from the opening tip today. So that's the game that I'm probably most excited for. Does a win by either team, you, you believe just a win in this 8-9 matchup, if they don't go on to, to knock out top seed Auburn, that a win will be good enough for them to get into the NCAA tournament. Depending on how some of these like bid thief situations go, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I think uh, I think that the winner would probably move into the you know have to play in that first four, but uh, you know that's better than not making the tournament at all. So you know, I think that, uh, and then you just have to count 
bid thieves and see, you know, as uh, as some of these mid-major teams that uh, surprise the top seeds in their tournament continue to um, show themselves here. You've got to tick them off. And uh, if there's not many of those, then the winner of today's game should be in, in my opinion. Let's go to the LSU matchup against Missouri. They throttled the Tigers from Columbia a few weeks ago, but LSU is wildly inconsistent, and they have been that way for two months. Do you expect Will Wade's team to come out and take care of business later this afternoon and punch their ticket to the quarterfinals to take on Arkansas? Oh, yeah, I absolutely do. Um, you know, they they play consistently good defense when Tari Eason isn't in foul trouble and when uh, when they're fully healthy. And they seem to be healthier than they've been in a while entering postseason, which is good because that's when you want to be healthy. Um so, you know, I, I think that, you know, this is obviously playing his old team is personal for Xavier Pinson, and uh, I think he'll have a big game. And, you know, if you shut down Kobe Brown, then um, the Tigers of Mizzou are pretty easy to, to beat, unfortunately, that being my alma mater. So, you know, I, it, I think that they'll pretty easily advance to take on that uh, that tough Arkansas team. The third game on tap today is South Carolina Mississippi State. That's a 7-10 matchup. Neither one of these teams is going to be going to the NCAA tournament, but obviously maybe an, a bid to the NIT is on the line, correct, between this matchup with the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs, Adam? Yeah, that seems that seems about right. Um, you know, I think maybe maybe if South Carolina got to the semifinals or the final, maybe they would steal an NCAA tournament bid. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know if that would be enough at this point. So um, yeah, I think that an NIT first is something to play for, for, for both of these teams, even though, you know, Mississippi state in particular had much loftier goals heading into this season. And uh, I had much higher expectations for them too. I thought that they had a chance to be the, a top five team in the SEC this year with all the talent that they brought in and having uh, Iverson Molinar return. So to see them down there in the 10 seed is, uh, is pretty disappointing. And, uh, you know, it might be time, uh, you know, this off season, I think maybe Ben Howland steps down or maybe Mississippi state decides to go in a different direction. And then the final game, the nightcap is going to be Alabama as the six seed, and they're going to take on Vanderbilt, the 11 seed, which Alabama team do you expect to see tonight? Because that's been the yeah they've been they've been probably the most unpredictable team in the SEC and maybe even in the country with how they play from game to game. Yeah, I mean uh, you know I've been giving people advice on how to pick Alabama games and I'm saying just just flip a coin. You know if if Alabama if you flip a coin four times and it and it comes up heads every time, take Alabama to win the SEC tournament. If you flip a coin and it comes up tails on the first try then pick them to lose to Vanderbilt like that's as good of a guess as anybody has with this team because you know this isn't Nate Oates's fault this is just you know his players just need to find some internal motivation at times and dig deep and you know play with effort I think uh, you know winning the some of these guys who were on the team last year and won the SEC regular season and tournament titles last year you know maybe they are resting a little bit on those accomplishments, but uh, now it's winner go home and uh, we'll see if they can play with a little bit more consistency because they should beat Vanderbilt tonight. 
We're talking with Adam Spencer. He covers college basketball for Saturday down south. He joins us here on RP3 Company. We're talking SEC tournament, which is underway in Tampa. All right, so let's look ahead to the quarterfinal rounds because, man, that's when we're going to get these matchups that are just going to be to die for. We anticipate top seed Auburn. They're going to be taking on the winner of Texas A&M, Florida. That could be a good game because even though Auburn is the best team in the SEC, at times they are vulnerable like everyone else. Arkansas versus LSU, that could be a tremendous matchup. And then, you know, Tennessee, they're the two seed, but ah, I don't know. Like, they should get to the semis, but you never do know. And then Kentucky versus what we expect to be Alabama. Of those four that got the double buys, who do you think could be the surprise team to win the whole tournament for the SEC? Um, of the teams that got the double buys, yeah. Um, I mean, my my pick is my pick is Auburn. You know, I, I don't know how much of a surprise that is, but uh, you know, Kentucky seems to be getting most of the of the picks and the odds. So, you know, I think I think Auburn rallies together and uh, figures this thing out. I think that last week was was huge for them. Uh, I think snapping that road losing streak and then taking care of business at home against South Carolina, a South Carolina team that really, really needed that game to cling to any sort of NCAA tournament hope. You know, that that showed me a lot. You know, I, it depends on how serious this Walker Kessler shoulder injury is, but he's been playing through it. So if he's on the court, I mean, he affects the game. Jabari Smith has, uh, you know, been playing like a superstar lately that we all thought he could. And, uh, you know, Katie Johnson's been their second guy on offense. And if Wendell Green steps up his game to where he was at a couple months ago, you know, he, they, that's, that's still, there's a reason that they went 15 and three in conference play and won the regular season title outright. So, you know, I'll stick with them until somebody proves me otherwise. But, uh, but we'll, we'll learn a lot tomorrow because the winner of that Florida Texas A&M game, like I said, they're going to be hungry to, uh, to, maybe even play their way out of the first four with a win over the one seed. Do you give Tennessee any shot at all? They're the two seed, but no, I don't, it feels like no one's talking about them. Uh, you know, for Tennessee, for me, you know, I'm not worried about if South Carolina wins that seven ten matchup. I mean, the vaults have had the Gamecocks number this year. Both of their wins have been by at least 20 points over the Gamecocks this year. So, I'm not worried about that game, but, uh, you know, uh, the rubber match with Kentucky uh, worries me a bit. And just the fact that they would have to play three games in three days, you know, this is a team that always lurking there is, um, you know, they had a 51-point showing at Texas in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and they had a 48-point showing at Bud Walton Arena against Arkansas. So just a terrible, terrible shooting night where they – you know, you live by the three, you die by the three. So there's the nights where they die by the three are looming there, and uh, they just have to hope that they can avoid them for three straight games. But uh, I have I have my skepticism there. They can beat anybody, but all it takes is a you know three for twenty effort from deep, and they're doomed. What about the Razorbacks? I mean, that first game, you know, assuming it's against LSU, that, that, that has the potential to be one of those games that, uh, that really hurts a team in a setting like this. You know, LSU and Arkansas have played two thrilling down-to-the-wire games this year, and uh, so that has, that has the potential to be an overtime 
a double overtime, just really physical, grinded out, you know, leaves guys battered and bruised, and then you have to turn around and play again in less than 24 hours. So that's that's the concern there. Uh, you know, I think that that's a tough quarterfinal game for the Hogs, and just uh, the physicality of it and the the intensity of it might uh, might not leave enough time, especially if Auburn is able to cruise to a win over the eight or nine seed. When Selection Sunday comes around in a few days, Adam, how many teams is the SEC going to be putting into the NCAA tournament? I'm going to go optimistic and say seven. I mean, the top six seeds in the tournament have their tickets punched. Uh, I think seven seed South Carolina's out. But the winner the winner of the, that Florida-Texas A&M game, I think, should be in the tournament. It would be 20 wins for Florida. It would be 21 wins for Texas A&M. So, you know, I think that that's a those are solid resumes coming out of the coming out of the SEC. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough conference, and uh, you know, winning either of these either of these teams winning these games would uh, would mark a overall 500 record in conference play, even if they lose to Auburn in the next game. So, you know, I'll I'll pick the winner of that game to be the the seventh SEC team that goes dancing. And how many of those teams do you believe out of the SEC are going to be contenders to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, Elite Eight or beyond? I think the top six are all threats to make it to the Sweet 16, but then you start to whittle down the numbers. And I think, I think, um, I mean, I really think that, I don't think that they all will, but I think that five of them, you know, outside of Alabama because of consistency issues, all, you know, all five of those teams, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, and LSU, I think all of them have elite eight potential. And I would be surprised if the SEC didn't get at least two teams into the elite eight this year, based on how the draw works on selection Sunday. All right, bud, we'll get you out of here with this. So you're just going to have a nice relaxing weekend. Not really a lot to do, right? You're just going <laughs> to be taking it easy. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh man uh tell the people before we let you go uh where they can go to read all your stuff i know you're going to be immensely uh you know jam-packed this weekend with content coming in all different places especially with selection sunday tell the people where they can go to get that and how they can follow you on social media bud yeah on twitter at adam spencer four uh you know always check out saturday down south for our stuff and then uh, sign up for the blue chip grit newsletter at bluechipgrit.com it's our new uh, free college basketball newsletter adam always appreciate you tom bud enjoy today's slate of games and we'll talk to you soon brother sounds good talk to you soon yeah i mean auburn seems like look auburn's the logical choice but conference tournaments are funny they just are. They're funny. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's going to be exciting. Great matchups today for the SEC tournament, including LSU taking on Missouri. That'll be at 1.30. You can listen to that game live right here on the game. We got to take our final time out of today's show. We'll finalize the poll question of the day and get you set up for Kevin Foot and footnotes. That's all next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are buried in one area. So if you or your contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or any other reason, just minor landscaping around your home, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remind you call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Before we get to the final results of our poll question of the day, <laughs> shout out to Ton <laughs> for sharing this tweet. Uh, he tagged me and it says, We have to save the season so the Buckos can beat themselves because he retweeted Eric Stangle's tweet. If Major League Baseball cancels any more games, the Pirates are going to get mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> That's a good tweet. That's a good tweet. Oh, man. Let's look at the poll question of the day. Final results. How far will LSU advance in the SEC tournament? 65% of you say they're going to advance to Friday's quarterfinal round to take on Arkansas for the third time this season. 26% of you say they're going to get past Pig Suey on Friday and advance to the semifinals. And 9% of you say Will Wade's team is going to reach the title game on Sunday. Once again, reminder, LSU men's basketball live right here on the game. One thirty is projected tip time this afternoon as number 5 LSU takes on number 12 Missouri there in Tampa in the SEC tournament. Can't wait to see how Will Wade's team responds and if they can put together a run. I like their chances to get to the quarterfinals easily. But I think they're going to have a chance to beat Arkansas. They should have won those first two matchups, and they'll have an opportunity to punch their ticket to the semifinals. So we'll see what happens. You can listen to it all right here on the game, of course. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. I want to take a moment to thank our guest Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South, Les East from CrescentCitySports.com, and John Marques from the Town Talk. For the producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parch III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there, be kind to one another. Footnotes with Kevin Foote is up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.